Hey everybody, welcome back to the Reclamation Podcast, where our goal is to help you reclaim good practices for life and leadership in Christ. Powered by Greg Fay Insurance, go to gregfayinsurance.com today and get your quote for the protection you need and customer service you deserve. Today on the podcast, Mark Cook. Mark is the founder of Prelude Pictures. He's a feature film producer. You might know his movies, Lost in Space, Black Dog, and one of my personal favorites, The Perfect Game. Today on the podcast, we talk about what it means to be a movie producer. We also talk about his latest book, The First Hour, and how he wants to give a copy to one million men. You can listen to this podcast today and learn how to get your free copy of the book. Such a great guy. You're going to absolutely love this conversation. We talk about leadership, courage, and what it means to bounce back and find peace. Such an incredible story. Here's my conversation with Mark Cook. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast. I'm so excited today to have producer and speaker and author Mark Cook with us. Mark, thank you so much for agreeing to take the time to be on the podcast today. I am honored, my friend. Thank you for having me. I mean, you've done so many things in your vast career. You've uh, produced movies, you've written books, you've spoken to hundreds of people. I always kind of like to start from the big picture. How, how would you describe the calling that God has placed on your life in this season? Oof. I, well, I, one thing comes to mind right now is actually a, a testimony that I did many years back when I first got saved on the 700 Club. And they titled it Lost in Space Saved by Grace. And, uh, you know, my background uh, being a film producer, um, it's my season right now. I'm 65 going on 90. (laughs) Um, I tell people if I'd have known I was going to live this long, I took better care of myself. But I I was in the Hollywood A-leaguers of the party and, and you know, not being saved. And uh, so this season of my life right now is the most exciting season. this, you know, the book I've done, the speaking I'm doing, you know, sometimes we, we, we try to do it ourselves and, and get ahead of God. I'm great at getting ahead. You can see I got a little, little bit of energy. Yeah. And I see now that after 15 years that everything that, you know, all the trials, all the tribulations, all the challenges, everything I've been through are nothing but lessons for such a time as this. And I believe um, we are in a time where the answer is Jesus now. There's no other way. Mm. That's actually an acronym. You'll find as we talk today, it's a, it's interesting because the Holy Spirit always wakes me up like at 3.30 or 4 a.m. You know, it's never during my prayer time at sure. 7 or 8. It's always, bam, wake up. And I got a list of about seven acronyms that, that, that the Holy Spirit's given me. And I know they're, they're from him because I would never even think of these things. And, uh, you know, so... One is being like hat. And, and just to give you a quick example, wake up and says, listen, I, I, I really love the time we spend together. I'm, I'm so grateful. I'm proud of you. You're, you're, you're tithing your time. And that's what we call it, the first hour. Hmm. You know, we're supposed, to, we're supposed to tithe our first resources to God. But I think it's just as important, him being our father, that we give him the first fruits of our time. Yeah. So it's kind of like the Holy Spirit in my mind saying, proud of you. But from now on, after we spend our hour together, I want you to start putting your hat on. Now, I know it's the Holy Spirit because I used to get teased all the way from grade school on. I don't wear hats. I don't know. I got the big forehead, what it is, but I don't look good in hats. So hat on. 
And uh, it's it, it's interesting because Tony, I have a I call it my Holy Spirit board. And I always write stuff downwards. H A T. I'm like, okay, Lord, tired here. What are you trying to do? I want you to be humble, authentic, and truthful mm. in all that you say and do. Okay. And that was, you know, a, a stronghold in being in the business and not being saved and having a car background. I got a degree in automotive marketing from Michigan. And, uh, you know, I, I was, the fact is I like to be raw, real. I was a professional liar. Yeah. You know, and, and, you know, when I gave my life to Christ, there's, you know, when I gave my life to that altar, I said, Lord, use me, mold me, change me, make me the man you want me to be. I give you my life. Well, when you do that and you really mean it, um, you know, the Holy Spirit plow comes in and it's that sanctification period. And let me tell you, the, the old Mark Cook was a really tough guy to kill. And <laughs> as I look back now, I look back now, I'm thinking, I just see God smiling down and, and the Lord Jesus smiling down and saying, OK, we got some work to do. He really meant it. So get them. Get them. I am. I read somewhere that when you gave your life to Christ, that the three months after that were some of the worst of your entire life. Oh, oh, we'll get into that. I, I, uh, it's, it's, you want me to share that with you right now? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Let's do it. Listen, I'm a producer, so you're going to have to direct me. Okay. (laughs) I'm a director. I'm a director's worst nightmare. Cause I can get going. I'll get going, man. You can be, so just feel free to. Yeah. No, no problem. Deal. Cut. God, let's take it again. So looking for direction here, but interesting. Um, you know, when I got saved, um, let me just give you the really quick, I'll try to do it in three minutes. And there's actually a really cool testimony. Um, it's on the first hour.com, but the one promise keepers did, um, it's four minutes. And in that four minutes, they came, they spent a lot of money. They came to Palm Beach and filmed me. Then they went and filmed my son and my grandson. And it's really neat. So it's only four minutes. It was beautiful. It, I watched it. They, oh, yeah. What they did in four minutes, it just takes me 25 or 30 to talk about. But I'm going to try to give you that two and a half minute, that, that two and a half minute segment. So born and raised in Detroit, Michigan, uh, got a degree in automotive marketing, a two-year associate's degree. Took me three years to get. Um, proud of that, you know. So my father was happy about that as well. But I always had a dream of becoming a a, a film producer and ended up just moving to Hollywood. That'll all be on my testimony. But to to flash forward, my dream came true. I ended up um, getting the rights to Lost in Space. I signed a deal with Paramount Pictures. That's a whole crazy story. Don't forget, this is pre-Christian days, so I snuck through the gates of Paramount with a, with a book in my hand, and I knew nothing about the film business, nothing, okay? Um, so the film school grads, don't don't try that. I mean, God has – obviously, it was a divine intervention because I could have been thrown in jail, but my last name being K-O-C-H, which most people would pronounce Koch, even though I'm German, it's Cook, is a big name in Hollywood. And uh, Howard Koch, who Casablanca was the mm. president of the Academy. I had it all strategically planned out, man, that I was going to go up to the, the gate of Paramount. And uh, during lunchtime, I'm thinking it's amazing how you just finesse and do things when, when, when you're uh, not a Christ follower. You know, whatever it's going to take. This is this burning desire in my heart to be a film producer. And I, I don't know why. You think about it, Tony. I got a degree in armor of marketing. 
you know, I borrowed my sister's American Express car. And I just head out to Hollywood thinking wow. I'm going to get through the gates of Paramount. I'm going to make movies. And uh, so I, I heard that Howard Koch had relatives in Florida, had it all planned out, pulled up the gate at lunch, knowing hopefully that he wouldn't be in his office. And I went up to guard gate and I said, I'm here to see my grandpa, um, Howard Koch. This is Mark Koch. And uh, I want to surprise him. And so the guard goes, ID, you know, ID. And I hand him my ID, you know, now I'm thinking at that particular time, I'm thinking like, what am I doing here? What is this? And he looks, he picks the phone up. He's calling on the phone and I hear him, see him shaking his head. I was like, oh, and isn't it funny how you pray then, even though I wasn't a Christian, it's like, oh God, please. You know, whenever you find yourself in that situation of like, I'm going to, I might need some help here. It's like, oh God, please don't, you know, don't let me get arrested here. He hangs the phone up, hands the license. Okay, go ahead. Park right up there, up up in the drink tank. He's over in the dressing room. I'm like, wow. So I remember pulling in, thinking, okay, I'm in here now. What am I doing? And I had I had my target, Bob Ramey and Mace Newfeld. We'll give him a plug. And they were Bob Ramey was actually the president of the Academy Awards at the time. And uh, I read a whole story about him on Northwest Airlines. He's he was from Cleveland, Ohio. And he started out as an usher. Wow. And it just seemed like a really humble, cool guy. And he has a deal at Paramount. Him and Mace Newfeld did all the Beverly Hills cops, all Patriot Games, Clear and Present Danger. I mean, these are big producers. And and I actually read a book by Mark Litwack called The Real Power, R-E-E-L, thinking, mm. okay, how do you become a movie producer? And uh, I'm not even sure what a movie right. producer does. Well, either was I. I just knew I wanted to be a movie producer. Okay, so reading reading it, um, a funny story. Reading it, it, it said three ways: write a screenplay that everybody wants, attach yourself to produce. It's kind of like Stallone did with his acting, you know, on Rocky. Okay, B finance the picture. You're a producer. I mean, anybody wants to get in the film business right now, all you got to do is put up eight to ten million dollars and go make a movie. Okay, it's that simple. That was out. Third one was option or or buy a book, like a number one bestseller, mm. um, and then get that done. And that's the route I took and borrowed money from family and friends. And, and again, all you listeners out there, I know you've all heard it. Never borrow money from family and relatives to get in business with. Don't. That was a nightmare. But ended up optioning a book called The God Project. Now, isn't that interesting? Wow. You know, I'm thinking, hmm, The God Project. It was by John Saul. It was a number one bestseller. However, it was like more of a Stephen King horror film. And marched through, got into the Paramount lot, walked into Bob Ramey's office and, and, and seen if he was there. And, and I asked if I could just have five minutes and as sure as heck went in there. And the next thing you know, I got a deal at Paramount Pictures. Okay. Uh, it's a long story. I'm sorry to keep dragging on here, but I get a big office. I don't know anything about the movie business. But they gave me the office paying for the thing. And I hired, I had about six interns working for me, UCLA grads and New York, you know, and they taught me, they're like, uh, Hey, if we option this and then we, I go, what's an option they, everybody thought I was joking. They're like, boss, come on, man. You don't know what an option turn on is. So uh, flash forward, Hollywood always has these trends, Tony, where everybody, all the studios want to make a Western. Now everybody's doing Westerns. Everybody wants to do action films, speed, Smokey the Bandit, and they all compete. Well, at that time, in 1992, when I got out there, the whole thing was every studio 
was grabbing up every property they could, okay, and making old TV movies, uh, old TV series in the movies. Mm. Batman was the first to come out. You know, think about it. They did everything. The Brady Bunch, Lassie, Batman, you name it. They, they made them. And it just happened to be that I was there at the right time. Uh, ended up meeting the widow. Irwin Allen just passed away three months before I got there. Convinced her to have breakfast. Next thing you know, I buy the rights to Lost in Space to make it a feature film. Wow. Okay. And it hits the Hollywood Reporter and Prelude. That's the name of my company, Prelude Pictures. Prelude gets lost rights. And, and boy, it lit up. Well, everybody wanted it. So I ended up having a bidding war between New Line and 20th Century Fox. And New Line won the bid. And I got ended up getting a million dollar producer fee up front, fifteen percent of the gross. It was a ninety million dollar budget. Go make your movie. So I wanted to kind of throw that backstory because we do got some time here. Because a lot of people that want everybody seems like they want to get involved in film. I didn't take the the normal route, um, as you know. But uh, it's as I look back, I see it was definitely divine intervention. Yeah. So to flash forward. Um, I spent 18 months in England. We back in those days, you know, it was that it came out April 1998. And uh, back in those days, we didn't have all the CGI and the, all the special effects. That's why the budget was 90 million. Um, we had about 45 million dollars in special effects. Mm. We built, we took uh, 18 sound stages in Shepperton Studios in London because no place was big enough in the US. We built 600,000 square feet of set. Wow. We had 18 months of pre-production. Wow. It was crazy. You know, the plants. So now, as my kids watch it, they go, you want to watch Lost in Space? You see the poster behind me. You know, we were so excited about the special effects, like Matt LeBlanc, the, the helmet came down, the spiders. And now if my kids are going to watch, like, Dad, that thing's so cheesy. I can do that on my iPhone. You know what I mean? <laughs> so it, it's just crazy. Yeah. <laughs> I could go, go remake that movie for 15 or 20 million, you know? So – Flash forward, Lost in Space comes out. Um, at that time now, um, I previously lost my father. My father and I were very close, and I was 26 years old when the good Lord took him home. He was only 51. And you know what they say, Tony, a man never becomes his own man until he loses his father. Yeah. My father was very strict, very loving. I had an amazing childhood, but he would have flew to Hollywood and dragged me out of that office and put a whooping on me. And then of course, hugged and loved on me. But because I didn't have anybody to hold me accountable and also I got a million dollars and I got the money and I'm a big shot Hollywood producer. And, uh, you know, I just went nuts. Entered that partying league, doing things I shouldn't be doing, you know, hanging with the Hollywood A-listers, drinking, the drugging, all of it. And my life was a mess. I was uh, recently married at the time, right before Lost in Space came out, and my wife was home with uh, a newborn and my daughter, who was 18 months old, and I'm out traveling around, you know, England, London, partying, living, living, living the lie, living two lives, and I thought I gave my wife everything. Um, you know, come home, here's a new Rolex, or here's this, or a car, and giving her all the stuff, material things. Long story short, we, she ended up having enough of me, throwing me out. It was over. So when Lost in Space came out, um, I'll never forget it. I was separated. Um, I was partying. My life was a mess. And I was actually, um, at that time, living at 
I always tell people we're the second suckers to give Trump like a hundred grand. We're the second, second or third members at Mar-a-Lago. And I actually moved into Mar-a-Lago um, when I was separated and just going crazy. Well, here we go. Lost in Space came out April 1998, knocked Titanic out of first, hmm. set a box office record of the highest opening. Two weeks later, Black Dog, um, my the movie with Patrick Swayze and Meatloaf came out. So I had two in the top ten at the same time. It's never been done. And the only reason that happened is because Lost in Space took so long to make, and then Black Dog was bam, bam, bam. They were released. But here's the transformation. Um, and I'm going to answer your question now that I babbled for 20 minutes. Okay? Oh, that's so good. I remember driving down this road, Okeechobee Boulevard. And, you know, back in those days, we didn't have the digital um, displays. So I don't know if you remember. You look, you look too young to remember this, but – they used to have those long poles with the suction cups to put the titles of the movies out, like AMC theaters oh, yeah, out yeah, by yeah, the road. Yeah, yeah, no, no. So they got it, and they just, I'll never forget. I was driving down Okeechobee Road, separated, lost in space. Had been out for now, you know, five six weeks. I see both my movies. I'm partying like a madman, not sleeping. My life is a mess, a mess, and. When I was driving down there, I saw him pulling those marquees down, if you will. It hit me. I'm like, wow, it's over. My dream, all my, all my earthly and worldly dreams came true. I got a number one movie. Yeah. I got money. What am I driving today? The Porsche, the Jag, or the Range Rover. We've got a beautiful house. Of course, I'm separated. My life's a mess. I went back to where I was staying. I remember going on the ocean and sitting there. And I was not seeking God at that time. And, and God, God was seeking me. I mean, I wasn't, I had everything that any man would think they would want, the, the, the money, the houses, the, but this emptiness inside was, was so um, just prevalent. And I remember sitting there in the ocean. It's like, that's the first time the Holy Spirit's ever really spoke to me, spoke to my spirit and said, look at you, you're lost in space. Wow. Yeah. And the presence of God was so thick. And I was born and raised Catholic. I went. I actually graduated from Gabriel Richard. You know, I tell people I got the the, the busted up knuckles from the nuns that you know <laughs> to prove that I graduated from a Catholic high school. But so I was always a believer, but obviously not a follower. And we went to church on Christmas and sometimes Easter, you know, but never never gave my life to Christ. Was never saved. And but that, it, but but I believed it. I believed there was a God. And the enemy had such strongholds on me. We're going to talk a lot about that because Ephesians 6, 11, our, our, our struggle is not against flesh and blood. The enemy knew that if I gave my life to Christ, that through media, through some of the stuff I'm doing, that I could, you know, God could use me as a, as a powerful weapon against some his stuff. Because, you know, like they say, you hear it all the time. And, and God actually gave Satan the name. He's the prince of the air. Yeah. Okay? He, he controls the airways. What's the airways? What you and I are doing right now, the internet, mm. the filth, everything. So that it was, sanctification was tough. Long story short. And look at you. You're lost in space. The next morning, um, a, a gentleman showed up at Mar-a-Lago. It was a friend of my wife's. He had a Bible in his hand. He goes, I don't know you. I don't even know how he got in there. I don't know you, but I'm tired of waking up every morning at 3.30 and you're you're blowing it. You got a beautiful wife and beautiful kids and you're Mr. Big Shot. And, and I'm, I'm ready to hit the guy. You know, I'm thinking, okay, first of all, I probably hadn't slept for like three days. You know, I'm going, what the heck? But, but God had a hold of my heart there. He goes, 
let me ask you a question. Do you believe in God? I said, of course I do. I, uh, I'm, I'm Catholic. I graduated from Catholic school. Well, here's the Bible. You want to go to church with me tomorrow? I go, sure. So the, it, was, it was just amazing as I look back how God just, just got a hold of me. Show up at Christ Fellowship Church in Palm Beach County, Florida. We'll give Pastor Tom Mullins a plug here. Big, powerful guy. And yeah, reminds me of my dad, a lot of my dad. Again, no coincidence. You know, no coincidence. Ended up showing up to church. Of course, I probably hadn't slept for two or three days. I'm a mess. And I walked into that church. And I'll never forget. The, listen, you listeners out there, you never forget the time where you truthfully, humbly are broken and you accept Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. Mm. There's never an experience like it. There'll never be an experience again like it. There's other great experiences when we get fresh refillings of the Holy Spirit, but nothing like it. And, you know, the same way the enemy uses music, media, film to to dement our youth and to, to win over the souls and destroy, uh, the Holy Spirit uses music. And that song was playing when I walked into church. Lord, I give you my heart. I give you my soul. I live for love of you. And... Tony, I'll tell you, you know, you, you get a little golf, you get a lump in your throat. It's like I had a softball in my throat thinking I was so choked up. The presence of God was so thick. And, but yeah, I had so many strongholds. Demons, mm. listen, demons are real. Yeah. They're real. You can't be out living a life in sin and doing the things I was doing without be, having strongholds and demonic influences in you. And the song came on and I broke. And then the pastor comes out, big guy. And he's like, you get a grip. You think you can just sit and live in sin without consequences and look right at me. You get a grip. Boom. So altar call comes and uh, knees shaking, got up there, fell on my knees, just a mess. And I had so much pride in me. Yeah. And, you know, it's interesting. My wife was in church and well, I just wanted to cry. I just wanted to ball, but I'm looking for tissue. I'm like my eyes are itching. You know, she's sitting two down, you know, it was a big setup, by the way. And even the pastor knew I was coming. That's why he looked right at me. He said, I got this big shot Hollywood producer coming in. He's losing everything. He goes, oh, I'll take care of him. Okay? <laughs> so I'll take care of him. And he just hit me. You get a grip. I was like, oh, okay, I will. Okay, I'm sorry. And uh, so went up to that altar, fell on my knees, broken. And I said to the press, Lord, I'm a sinner. Forgive me. Cleanse me with your blood. I accept you as my personal savior. Change me, mold me, Lord. I give you my life. Make me the man you want me to be. I surrender. Broke down. The feeling of relief and freedom at that moment was like nothing I've never experienced, and it was real. Wow. It was real, and I meant it. So I'm going to let you ask questions because then we're going to get to the point what happened the next three months. That's a long backstory, but I think it's important to see yeah. that. I'm not one of these Christians that, you know, I lost all my money and I'm doing this since the crutch. Oh my gosh, God help me. I was at the top of my game uh, with possession wise, materialistic wise, earthly wise. It's at the top of my game. And, and I gave my life to Jesus Christ when all my dreams and passions came true and found out that there is nothing that will fulfill your emptiness inside of me except for relationship with Jesus Christ. And, and I just praise God. That's why, that's why I'm talking to you right now. I'll go anywhere, speak anywhere. You know, we give these books out. 
I I just think, I say, like, Lord, thank you for saving me. You pulled me out of the muck of Hollywood. And it's, you know, it's interesting because as I started going out there right after a little bit, right when the plane would start landing, I could feel the oppression. I could yeah. feel the, 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 the evil's thick. So, Mark, let me ask you this kind of, before we get to the next three months, which I, I do want to hit because I think it's important. I imagine that there's a, a, a listener, one of our podcast family members right now, who's stuck in a cycle of sin. And amen. he feels so broken and so ashamed of it. And maybe it's maybe it's tearing his family apart. Maybe he's silently suffering right now. What would you tell him? What's the first step that you would tell him to do? Like, obviously not everyone's going to have somebody show up at their door, shaking a Bible at them. What, what should that one person do? I'll, I'll tell you right now. And I'll, it, obviously we're talking about a person that knows Jesus Christ because he's listening to your podcast. So yeah. he, 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 he's saved. Okay. Right. Yeah. He's, and, he's stuck. He's stuck. I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to speak to it. There, there's probably several of them out there and I want to speak to my brothers right from the heart and get directly right to the point, okay? The enemy has got a stronghold on you, Hmm. okay? My sanctification period was tough, and I know you're going through a sanctification period, okay? And the bigger the battles is most likely the greater your purpose. The enemy is going to do everything to distract, keep, as you're going down that highway, and I know what you're doing. You're good for a while. You're being good. You fall, and, and then the guilt and the convictions thick. I've been there. It's like, Lord, why? Do, it's like Paul said, why am I, why can't I do the things I want to do? And why am I doing things I don't want to do? I get it. I've been there up, down, up, down. And here's the deal. The deal is real simple. First of all, and it, it, it's in my book, Tony. The first thing I do before my foot hits the bedroom floor is put on the full armor of God. Yeah. I haven't missed the full armor of God in 15 years. I'm going to tell you why. Okay, God has given us the best weapons to use as our defense, especially the helmet of salvation. And if you're listening out there right now, the helmet of salvation is, is, is so powerful. And, and guys, it's like I know that my mind is the number one target of Satan's lying, cheating, deceiving, lustful, joy-robbing, anxiety-filled ways. I cover my mind with the powerful helmet of salvation. Heavenly Father, make all of my thoughts agreeable to your will, your plans, your purposes. Satan, you have no authority over my thoughts because, see, that's what, he, that's what he's doing. You listeners out there, it's a thought, and the thought uh, turns into an action. And if he can get, if he can influence your thoughts, okay? I, I, I believe in my own heart, if you're saved and you're a Christian, you don't have demons in you. You're, yeah. the, the demon's not going to live in you. You have strongholds, okay? And the, what, the, what the enemy's going to do is use other people, other means, film, whatever you're doing out there, pornography, to influence your thought process. Your thoughts turn into actions. If he can get your thoughts, he can get your actions. If he can get your actions, he can get your destiny. My point is, guys out there, right now, just repent. Mm. And that's one of the first prayers in my book, Heavenly Father, Forgive me, Lord. Wash me clean with your blood. I'm a sinner, Lord. I can't do this on my own. Help me, Jesus. I'm telling you guys out there, cry out to Jesus to help you. Turn the battle over to him. 
You can't beat the enemy by yourself. We have authority over him, but turn the battle over to Jesus, and he will step in for you. I tell him, I said, Lord, like right now, Lord, the listeners out there that are struggling, the ups and downs, mm-hmm. drinking, addictions, they love you, Lord, but the strongholds are there. They have a stronghold. They, they're chained. Break those chains, Lord Jesus. Break those chains. Father God, just, just give them the strength and send warring angels down to protect my brothers. So my brothers there, they're out listening. If you're so, it's exhausting to live in sin. Yeah. It's exhausting. And you know, the thing that I found out, got to the point where I'd fallen into sin, it was drinking and, and you know, I'd be good for five, six months and there's a danger there too. It's like, man, I get any better. They're going to be naming streets after me. You know, watch <laughs> that. That ain't humble. That's why I got to put your hat on, you know, because here's the fact. The enemy wants to kill, rob, steal, destroy. The enemy his number one tactic is divide and conquer. And for you married men out there, that's what he wants to do. He wants to divide and conquer. He wants to break up your marriage, break up your relationship with your children. Okay. And, and I tell people now my 30th anniversary is January 22nd. There's no reason in the world my wife should have stuck with me. Wow. None. None. But guess what? God knew yeah. that if I got divorced, this book is over. Heal the man, heal the family. Look at this hypocrite. More in love with my wife now than ever. So guys, bear through it, push through it. And here's the big thing. When you fall, get rid of the shame. Okay? Jesus Christ died on the cross and bled for us to do one thing, to forgive us daily. It's gone. The enemy wants to remind you of your past. He's a joy robber. I call him junior, joy robber. Okay? You fall into sin. Maybe you're on a website. Some of you out there, you know, listen. 90% 90% of the men, even in their churches, I, I think, look at some kind of pornography infrequently. 60% look at it frequently. Pornography is the enemy's number one tool, okay? If you've been out there and you've been on them sites, okay, resist the enemy and he will flee. Yeah. Pray on it. And when you fall, and when you fall, I know the conviction's there. Cover it with the blood. Get back up and take authority over the enemy saying, Satan. I'm covered by the blood. You have no authority. Heavenly Father, give me the strength to not look at this filth. And I'm telling you, it's like clockwork. I'd be good for six months. Fall. The shame, the guilt. It's like, oh, God. Here's what I found out, guys. And I promise you, I know this is true. For those of you out there listening right now that are living with some kind of a stronghold, whether it be alcohol or drugs or pornography or any kind of addiction, okay, that I know obedience equals blessings, disobedience equals discipline. I know if you look at the pattern that you've been living in, like I did, when you're really seeking God and you're being obedient, you're at peace, you have joy, doors are opening, you're walking in it as soon as you fall, okay? Disobedience equals discipline. I'd be good for six months. I, and it always happens right after something big happens. I close a big deal because I financially went broke after three months. We haven't got to that yet. <laughs> but but it's, it always happens. I close a big deal, driving home. There's one of my old bars without even thinking about it. Right in there. I'm just going to have one. All right. Three days, three days later, you know, and the shame and the guilt. So I found out that every single time I fell, and I know it's happening to you, you're getting grounded. You're, you're, you're getting grounded. 
He's our he he's our father. He loves us. And each time it's gonna get worse, guys. It did for me. First time, hey, you're grounded for 30 days. Why'd you do that? And then I'm good for 30 days and I'm good for six months. And I fall again. Oh, Mark, 30 days. Now it's six months. When are you going to stop this alcohol and drugs? Six months. Then I'll be good for six months, seven months, fall again. Oh, now it's a year. You know what I found out? I just got tired of getting grounded. And guys, he sees everything. So I also want you to be aware of whatever you're doing and, and you're exercising that stronghold, know that Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, God, is watching you and mm. sees you. You know what? He will break it. There is such a freedom. It, you know the freedom of me being able to say, honey, my phone, hey, can I use your phone real quick, honey? Sure. Go ahead. We just got a Peloton. She's like, I don't have an iPad. Use mine. Sure. Okay. Let me tell you something. Ten years ago when the wife grabs phone, hey, can I call Chris? Uh, no. Use your own phone. Where's your phone? I'll get it. You know? Do you know the joy and the peace of being able to say, here, take a look. That's right. There's freedom in obedience. Hey guys, just pausing this conversation with Mark to remind you to check out Elevating Company. If you're in the market for a new home, an investment home, or your dream home, call Trent Bargy over at Elevating Company kw.com and get started today what i know about trent is that he wants to give you the best possible customer service he has been a dear friend to me and i hope and pray he can help you find your way into your new home while you're on the internet checking out trent don't forget to sign up for the life and leadership newsletter comes out every wednesday it's one of my favorite things to write this past week, I talked about what it means to be a creator versus a consumer. It's where I'm putting all of my fresh content. So go to follow the number two leadcoaching.com and sign up for our newsletter today. Now, let's finish up this conversation with Mark. So you lose everything after uh, coming to Christ. Basically, you, you end up broke. H- how did you begin to rebuild um, not only because it, it's such an interesting time when the enemy chooses to attack us, right? So you you give your life to Christ, and now you're in this fragile infancy state. You begin to build the muscles of what it means to follow Him, and in the process, the enemy's like, "I got to take him out before he gets stronger. I got to take him out before he gets stronger." How did you maintain consistency in your walk, or or at least devotion, maybe a better term, in your walk in the midst of grasping at at what is as you said, the, the most painful time of your life up to that point. Yeah. Okay. So let me give this to you. So give my life to Christ. And this is so important. And another acronym for you, Tony, uh, DNA. Mm-hmm. God gave me DNA. I'm like, okay, DNA. I know we got a DNA. We're, all of our DNA is different. That's why we're, we're created. DNA, no. We all have a divine natural assignment or divine natural ability. We're all different. We all have different gifts. Okay. And I know I, it's so nice to know that uh, when you really find out and you're a hundred percent positive and it, God reveals his perfect will for your life. And mine is to educate my brothers, to encourage my brothers and let them know Ephesians six eleven armor up or get slaughtered. Okay, mm. and we'll talk about that next because I didn't know about the armor of God. You see, with the church and the challenge I have is, once I gave my life to Christ, 
I remember the pastor saying, there's a thousand angels up in heaven rejoicing. Another man gave like a, oh, and the feeling was so good. The pressure's gone. I'm cleansed. I get a fresh start. What he didn't tell me is there's an adversary out there and he's down below in his boardroom with nine of his best. This is for me. Nine of his best saying, fellas, we got a huge problem. Okay. What? Cookie, that's my nickname, just gave his life to Christ. Get him. Okay, get them because there's a battle there. Okay, and just like the seeds along the path, the rocky, the thorns, the enemy was straight out after me. Right after I gave my life to Christ, moved back in the house, my wife and I, everything started falling apart. Within 30 days of, of giving my life to Jesus Christ, moving back into my house, my wife and I started to lose everything. I had a $42 million judgment put against me. There was a lawsuit on my movie Black Dog. Wow. Two of my stuntmen got killed during one of the explosions. Mm. Of course, the family sues Universal Pictures. The family sues Prelude Pictures, my company. And the, fam- and the family sues me personally because I'm the producer. I lost the case. $42 million judgment. All the cars were gone, which says we lost everything. So within 90 days of God, me accepting Jesus Christ, okay, we went from a six to 7,000 square foot home and multiple cars, okay, to an 800 square foot apartment. Wow. And I went from driving, well, I went from, okay, is it the Porsche Turbo? Is it the Range Rover today? To driving a car that my father-in-law gave me with 300 and some thousand miles on it, an old expedition with torn seats, okay? Mm. I can tell you, and I can tell you, and you listeners out there, that 800 square foot apartment, was more of a home than that 7,000 square foot house ever was. I didn't even want to go home, and my wife surely didn't want me to go home. So to, to tell you how I bared up through that, even though I was losing everything, because I was striving for obedience, uh, there was a piece about me saying, I'll make it back. We'll make it back, honey. And my wife really didn't care at that point. She, she saw that I was trying to become yeah. a better man, a better husband, a better the, the respect that she gave me when I lost everything was tenfold when, hey, you want to go buy a new Rolex or you want to go? Okay. It means nothing, the material. So that 90 days. But here's the thing. Up, down, up, down, up, down. What everybody's realizing. Got so tired of getting grounding. And that's when we're going to talk about this. I think it's a good time to transition. It's a 30-day boot camp. And the good news is it's not a book that you read. Look at, guys. No, it's, it's super practical, yeah. It's a checkoff list, but it's got 18 prayers in the back. So how I got through those of, of losing it, period, I finally cried out to God. I said, Lord, I'm so tired of sinning and falling. Help me. Okay? I'm down to nothing. Help me. I can't do this on my own. So that's a key word, guys. Surrender. Yeah. You, you can't break the addiction yourself. You can't. You can't. Surrender. Lay it at the feet of the cross. I said, Lord, just, I, I give my, woke up in another um, crazy thing, 5.55 a.m. The only thing you read in this book is the crazy 11 pages in the beginning that tells how God woke me up every single morning at 5.55 a.m. Like clockwork. You know, back to, this is 15 years ago. This yeah. happened. Now, the neat thing is, Tony, I never had intention. Like, I think I'm going to do a men's devotional 30-day boot camp for men to help. 
no, I'm not an author or anything. Something. God woke me up 555, and over and over my mind, just like when he said, look at you, you're lost in base, over and over my mind, because I was calling out the guy. I said, Lord, I can't stop these strongholds. I can't stop up and down. The enemy's after me. And I still didn't know about spiritual warfare. And I, I remember even in a couple of dreams, Leviathan and this, and, and he woke me up five to five and said, I want you to start giving me your first hour. Yeah. 30 minutes of prayer, 30 minutes of prayer and 30 minutes of reading my word. Now think about this. How do I know it's God? 30 minutes of prayer. Mark <laughs> Cook doesn't wake up at 5.55 a.m. Tony go, I think I'm going to start praying for 30 minutes. I got in trouble one, one time I gave a talk. I said, what am I, a monk? You know, I mean, what do you pray about for 30 minutes? However, I tried to go back down. He said, no, get up. Give me your first hour. Tithe your time. I want your first fruits. So finally, I got up. And uh, went upstairs to my office, about had a heart attack. I know my heart's good because my office used to have scripts and just a disaster on it. It was completely cleaned off. My wife decided to do a little house clean for me. I go, oh, my gosh. Right on the, on, on the center of my desk was one book, not this. It was called Prayers That Avail Much. This is really important for you listeners. So if you got to go eat or something like that, you got to stay tuned for this because this is a life changer. I go, well, this is interesting. Prayers That Avail Much by Jermaine Copeland. And it's about this thick. And I look and I go, man, there's 267 prayers. Okay, well, that's easy. 30 days, Lord, you want half hour prayer? I'm just going to go through this index here and just randomly pick the prayers that I think pertain to me. But I'm going to take a yellow sticky note and mark them because I'm doing this 30-day deal. Okay, And it's interesting. At the end of 30 minutes, first of all, I was like this. Just filled with the Holy Spirit. Like, wow. wow. There was 18 prayers and they're in this book. Coincidentally, the first three prayers, here's another acronym for you. The first three prayers in this book, the acronym is WAR, W-A-R, WAR. We are in a war. Guys, you are in a war. The first three prayers, WAR, W. The first prayer in this book that I picked, so I thought was randomly, was on page 286 is Wash yourself with the precious blood of Jesus Christ and reprint. So the first prayer, the second prayer, A, armor up. The second prayer is Ephesians 6, 11, putting on the full armor of God. And the third prayer is our refilling of the Holy Spirit. It's interesting because I was doing those three prayers first, even though they are on completely different pages in the book. And I took a little yellow, little yellow sticky note. And I wrote one, two. I want to do them all the same. Mm. Listen. I hear you, God. You said you're going to rock my world in 30 days. Okay. I'm going to abide by this. We have a God of repetition. And they're life-changing. I call these three keys to unlock powerful, effective prayer. See, guys, the first prayer, Heavenly Father, forgive me for the sin of, just repent. The prayer is powerful. Wash me. Cleanse me. Okay. And God gives us a fresh start every day. Yeah. And you're going to see the strongholds being broken. Second prayer, putting on the full armor of God. It's a powerful, powerful. I, I don't have time to go through them all, but I start out with I put on the belt of truth. I know that Satan cannot stand against the bold use of truth. I know that Satan cannot stand against the bold use of truth. Okay? I put on the boots of peace. I claim the peace of God through justification. I know that Satan must retreat before the righteousness. It's all about telling Satan, you have no authority over me. And here's the thing. You now have your battle gear on. Are we going to go out and fight in a war and, and forget our boots, our helmet? Imagine a football player going out, a center, 
and hut, but he forgot his helmet on the sidelines. It, it'd be, when as soon as you said hike, the whole field would clear. You'd have one center laying on the ground dead. Guys, it's right here where he's getting you, right there. So the first three prayers are amazing. At the end, then I got into the book. I said, okay, Lord, these prayers are great. What, what am I going to do? 30 minutes of prayer. And God systematically laid it out, okay? I grabbed my New Testament, and there's like 240 pages. I grabbed my calculator, divide by it's only eight pages a day, four pages front and back, and I've read the entire New Testament. Wow. So this is something that I did in 2005 that got – let me rephrase. This is something that God did through me. There's no I. And radically transformed my life, radically. And then there's seven steps. God gave me perfect seven steps. The first step is morning prayers, 30 minutes, Bible reading, 30 minutes, uh, fourth workout, Return home the same time as a checkoff list. You know how guys like checkoff yeah. lists? Here's the, here's the key. Time with children, 30 minutes. Time with wife, one hour, bedtime prayer. Put your cell phones down. And you have to check it off. I did it or I didn't. And what God's doing is showing you the areas of weakness in your life. Because a lot of people are doing time with wife. The first day, yes. Day two, no. Day three, no. Hey, Hello. We've seen marriages radically restored. Our wives won our time. So this book, obviously, you can tell what I'm excited about, was a game changer. People saw such a drastic change in my life. They asked my wife, what is Mark doing? I mean, he's still as hyper as heck. You know, I'm, I'm bouncing off your screen here, Tony. Like, he's still hyper as heck. But there's some, a, She goes, he's getting up every morning at 5.55 and giving his first hour to God. She goes, does he have it written down? She goes, well, he's got a little chart. Would he give? Would he get me one for Dean and the other? Uh, yeah, I'd like to give Jeff one too. Yeah, but these women are dying out there for their husbands to become the godly, spiritual leader of the houses, the the, the father that they designed them to be. And here's how I know that I went on the Huckabee show. By the way, we we've given away now over four hundred thousand. You're still giving them away for free, aren't you? Hundred percent. We just printed another three hundred thousand. The burden I got, and I got to release it so I can go make films again. The burden I got to God said, "I want you to give away a million books. I'll take care of the rest, the extra training stuff." So right now, especially any of your listeners, if they go to thefirsthour.com, the book's free. And any pastors listening, please, I don't care if you got fifty thousand in your church. If you got twenty five thousand men, I will send you twenty five thousand books on me. I'll pay the freight. I'll pay the shipping. I need to get this book out there because when you see the book, it the whole thing God laid in my heart is there's three steps to this book. If you heal the man, he can heal the family. The family can heal the nation. Yeah. We're losing this country, guys, and it all stems from us, us men. It's us men. We can't blame anybody else if they can God out of our homes. You know, you know, they always say like, well, they stripped the, the far left and they stripped the Ten Commandments out of the courthouse and we can't pray in schools anymore. And when, uh, let me ask you a question. Do you have the Ten Commandments on your wall at your home? Do you pray with your kids at home? So we, we think it's the school because they took prayer out of school that the kids are joining gangs. No. OK. The fathers, the, the men took prayer out of their homes. They took the Ten Commandments down from their walls. We are setting an ungodly example for our children. Mm. Once we get the man back to the head of the house, it's, it, it's, so it's powerful. And then heal the family, heal the nation. How do we heal the nation? And that's one of my goals. I'm straight up. I tell them, we got a million men out there strong. 
we convince these men to rise up and do their patriotic duty and vote. And right in this book, it says vote in every single election. You know, it's interesting, Tony. The first thing I did, and don't forget, I did this 15 years ago. It says we will get rise these men up to vote in every single election from the county school boards to the local government, all at the present. The first thing I mentioned is county school boards. And we didn't have any problem back then. Yeah. That's why this is so Holy Spirit driven. Now, what do I say? It doesn't matter what Democrat, Republican, it doesn't matter what you are. Vote out the crooked politicians. Doesn't matter what party. Vote in the politicians that share the same godly principles that this great nation was founded on. Okay? We're always going to need a bipartisan government. There's good and bad on both sides. Vote for the candidate. Okay? I tell people, you're a Democrat, great. Find the candidate that you know believes in God and believes in our Constitution. Mm. I'm good with that. Good with that. Okay? So I I believe God's going to use this in a way. Um, and that's my goal right now is to get these million books out prior to the next election, prior to the, all the different county elections. But it's, it's, it's our fault. We need to vote out the, the, the crooked politicians and the judges and stuff and vote in the, the politicians, judges, and people that share the same godly principle this country has found or we're losing the country. The good news is, I, you know, when I preach, you can't even look at the news. Hey, here's another one for you. Be careful what you put in your head before you go to bed because it's going to go deep while you sleep. Amen. I can only get about three minutes of the news. I'm like, oh, my God, there's no use. Here's the good news. Last I read in the Word of God, God is in control of the government. Yeah, Everything that's happening, he's allowing to happen, allowing it to happen. But that doesn't mean, oh, well, God's just allowing it to happen. We got to fight like you know what. Yep. Okay. We got to fight like H E L L to to combat and show God by the time saying, "Look at uh, seven fourteen. You know, if my people who are called by my name, okay, will humble themselves and pray and seek my face, then I will hear from heaven, forgive their sins, and heal their land. Then, if we don't, we're just speeding the process up. We can buy some time here. So my goal is to get out and and, and at sixty five make an impact." Um, for my grandchildren, look at my grandchildren. So yeah, the, the, the book's free. And I can tell you this, I promise you this, you can't spend an hour a day with God, your first hour without him showing up. I challenge every listener right now. You can't seek, seek ye first the kingdom of God and all else will be added. And guys back, I got a burden in my heart right now, Tony, the one you said to listeners that are just dealing and living in sin, the dual wives and hiding and, 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 and it's painful. Okay. This book and this practice, especially those three first prayers will break those strongholds. will change those. God will honor. He, look, isn't it interesting that the only thing we're allowed to test him on in the Bible is tithing. Yeah. It's a test. Him, okay. I call this tithing your time. Test them. You start making God first in your life. You give him your first fruits one hour and you will see radical transformation. Now, for some it's going to be painful because when you give it to him, he's going to break it. You might, you know, those lies or those little websites, whatever, you might get caught. You yeah, might expose sure. but it. Could be, but listen, it would be the best thing that ever happened. Hey, look, there's always a consequence for sin. Thank you. There's always a consequence yeah. for sin. And sin never goes without consequences. Amen. 
Uh, okay, I, I have one more question for you. We we didn't get to any of the other questions. I we didn't get to talk about all the fun stuff that I did when I researched you. By the way, the perfect game, oh. your film there. That's one of my favorite. I'm a baseball guy. I'm a baseball guy. Come one on. of my favorite movies. Uh, I watch it every year because I just love. I love the Lord, and I love that. I love baseball movies, so it's it's good. Do you, do you have how old are your kids? Uh, my oldest is 17. He'll be 18 next month. And then uh, I have a 13-year-old whose baseball team I coach. And then I have an 11-year-old princess. So two boys and a princess. Fantastic. Now, I know we're on air and, and you're, you're not supposed to do these kind of things. But here, here's the thing. Can you see this, the, the perfect game poster? Oh, yeah. <laughs> and then look it. at all those DVDs. Uh, so, Tony, you're the grand prize winner. I'm going to send you a poster and a DVD signed to you. For awesome. I can't wait. Hey, I found my first fan. You know? I love it. I love it. Uh, so just ask me any questions you oh, want. Yes. I got okay. time. You, let, you let, can edit some other garb out. <laughs> um, well, first of all, every you, you mentioned it. That where can people follow your ministry? Um, where, where, but yeah, before I ask the last question, where can people connect with you if they want to have you come talk to their church or pick up the book or uh, are you on social media? Are you doing any of that stuff? Where Where are you yeah. hanging out online? Yes, yes. Very little social media myself personally. Um, um, the social mania, I call it. It's dangerous. You know, I think it's dangerous. But the first hour spelled out the first hour dot com. Mm-hmm. OK. And that's where you can get your free book. OK. Um, you can also order cases. A lot of people. First one's free. A lot of people support and buy cases and churches. But as of right now, any churches, any men's ministries, I don't care how many you want. I need help getting these 300,000 books out. The bulk is free. I'll pay the shipping, everything else. If you scroll down on the on the homepage, you'll see my testimonies, 700 Club, the Promise Keepers. And on the bottom, of course, is all the social media links. Okay. Uh, I do a daily devotional uh, that I send out every morning at, would you guess it, 5.55 a.m. Okay? <laughs> um, you can sign up for the daily devotionals. And then, listen, it's real simple. When it's Mark at the first hour, and I check all my my, my own emails, you know, Um they can get a hold of me at market the first hour. I will speak anywhere. I love to give my testimony. I do got it down to 20 minutes, 30 minutes, whatever you want. Uh, I like the podcast because you can, you're going to have a good time editing this. No, one down we're just going to keep it raw, man. Yeah. We just okay. go with it. Go with it. Well, I want to answer any of your other questions because yeah. I got on a roll here. Well, so here's the thing, right? Like one of the questions that I love to ask people, it's an advice question. And I'm going to ask you to go back and give yourself one piece of advice. This is, it's not, except I get to name the season of life that you're in. And so I, I want to take you back to, um, to your first day in that 800 square foot apartment. You've given your life to Christ. You've lost everything. You're basically um, starting over again. If you mm-hmm. could go back and sit knee to knee with that younger version of yourself, hold his hand, look him in the eyes and give them one piece of advice about the journey the Lord is going to put them on, what are you going to tell them? I would tell them this exactly. I grab Mark Cook's hand, and I said, and I would say, you just graduated from college. You just got married. This is your first apartment together. Okay. Bask in the peace and joy. And put your passion into action. Mm. Okay. Be obedient. Okay. Stop all the drinking and the drugging and all the other stuff. Stop. 
live for me, be honorable to your wife, be faithful to your wife, and I'm going to bless your socks off. Okay. And he will. And so I had that attitude. Now, that attitude was before as we were moving out of the big house, like, if this is what it's like to be a Christian, Lord, you, you know what I mean? Right? <laughs> to, to thank you, Jesus, because I feel at peace here. I don't need any of this. I've had every earthly, the Rolexes, I've had it all. It means nothing. Nothing. It's temporary. You go out and buy a new Porsche. Oh, don't don't eat McDonald's in that. But two weeks later, you're throwing McDonald bags in it and beer bottles, whatever. They mean nothing. So I would say, Mark Cook, you have a second chance at life. Mm. Okay. And I want you to just pretend like right now this is your first apartment with the love of your wife. Now you honor me, make me first, and go work, 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 and I will open every door that I want opened for you. I want you to surrender to me. Let me lead you because you stink at leading. That's the other thing, okay? Surrender. You stink at leading. You can't do anything without me. So seek me. That's what I would say. Praise God. Mark, thank you so much for being so generous with your time today. Uh, I want to uh, make sure that we can do this again sometime. I'd love to celebrate yeah. what God is doing. And I just appreciate your heart for uh, for giving disciplines to men that are transformational discipline and will change. I, I, I stand with you in that prayer and that belief that this is how we change the world, one man at a time, one oh, family hallelujah. at a time. You know, hallelujah. And, you know, I got a proposition for you, actually. Just I, I'm telling you right now, before I go on these podcasts, I say, Heavenly Father, leave Mark Cook in the bedroom. Hmm. Okay? Speak through me. I got nothing to say. Speak yeah. through me. Okay? That's why this went in a completely different direction, but there's there's definitely a purpose for it. I got a proposition for you. I'd be willing any time to do this again with you, and I want to reverse the roles for your listeners. I want to interview you. Okay. Just tell him, you got to pray on that. I want to know all about Tony, how he started, what's his testament, what's his background, what's he's doing now and stuff. I've never done that. That's a Holy Spirit tap just saying, you know, there's a lot. I'm, I'm just staring. Besides the Tom Hanks look like stuff, there's a lot. <laughs> there's, there's a lot in you that um, I think people need to hear about and I'm curious about. So that's a proposition. Um, yeah, keep you up on that. And uh Thank you for having me. I'm honored. And, and uh, any help that you or anybody that you know can do with helping me get this tool out there in the hands of man, it's a game changer. Mm. And, you know, we, we need it. This is a great country, and we just need to turn some men around. Amen. Love Mark's heart. Love this conversation with him and how God is just using him to do something uh, really different. And I, I love the stories of what it means to be a producer. I guess I've just never thought about it that way. And I think sometimes a fresh perspective can change everything. As always, super thankful for you and the opportunity to connect. If there's anything I can do for you, don't hesitate to let me know. Go to follow the number two leadcoaching.com and sign up for our newsletter. I'm also embarrassingly easy to find at TWMilt on Instagram and uh, on LinkedIn, Facebook, everywhere, basically. So, hey, thank you. Thank you for being here. The highest compliment you can give me, share this episode with a friend. Until next time, remember, if you want to follow Jesus, you must be willing to move.